This episode is brought to you by water. <laughs> Dude, I had made my own banana smoothie. Did you? This evening. Yeah, well, you know, um, so since I'm morbidly obese, I have you decided... Are not, you are not morbidly <laughs> obese. Get out of here with that. I'm edging up. I'm edging close to it. But I decided that <laughs> I would start making my, uh, just start making like smoothies at night because I'm not really a sweet. I don't really like sweets very much, um, which is a problem because everything like healthy and everything like yogurts and this and that and the other, like there's not really a bunch of stuff that's like kind of salty or like vegetable. Well, I guess there's vegetable, food, but there's <laughs> yeah, not like a salty kind of side to that. Not so much a sweet side. Not much salty that's good for you. Yeah, I know. There's nothing salty that's good for me, which is my, you know, go-to. But oh, okay. So you prefer salty snacks oh, as opposed to sweet snacks. Yeah, for okay. sure. All right. Um, Makes sense. Which, I mean, I like vegetables. I mean, I'll eat vegetables, but... With salt, uh, on, with salt on them? Just pour, just dip them in rock salt. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I started making I started making banana smoothies at night, and for, for mostly for dinner, and then I'll eat a salad kind of on top of it, but... Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah, it's good. Trying, just, just trying not to, uh, just try not to tip over my chair. I think that's, that's the main goal. Well, I think the any time that you look at, you know, your boy, man, it seems like every week we're starting off with like nutrition. I like it. You know, hey, man, comic book, <laughs> comic books and nutrition. Uh, I think any time that you make a decision to, like, either eat better or lose weight however you want to really define it i'm i'm not a i'm not a believer in diets um you know cuz it's like well i'm going to go on a diet sure uh, you know okay you know what what does that really mean what does it mean when you're going to go on a diet are you are you just I don't know. I, I just I don't understand what that means. Does it that's mean a, that, it's a temporary thing. It's not. Yeah. See, dieting. That's why that's why a lot of people say dieting fails and this and, that and the other, because dieting is only meant to go as far as to reach your goal. And then there's no steps after that. It's like once you hit your goal, cool, you can eat whatever you want again. But you forget that your metabolism is still the same. And so when you go and order Domino's, you know, for the third time that week, guess what? Like, you know, you're going to you're going to start packing on the pounds again. And, uh, there you go. But yeah, yeah. I I would say that, you know, for me, it's always been a, just taking a reassessment of what I'm, I'm poking down my gullet and, uh, you know, when I would say up until I was about 38 or 39, I used to be able to like, just eat, you know, whatever I wanted and was, you know, I've never been a little guy, but I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, Professor Clump, you know, either, <laughs> um, you know, been a little bit, a little bit stocky, I guess, if you want, you know, to use that, that term, uh, used to work out a lot in my high school years and yeah, early college years and things like that. Uh, yeah. but, um, you know, I mean, up until I was about 38 or 39, uh, you know, I could just eat like whatever and just like my body be like, just, you know, power like right through it. Like it was <laughs> just nothing. No big and, deal. Yeah. And then like 40 hit and it just like went up against the brick wall, you know, and, you know, we we try to, you know, I, I don't want to say we're like 
you know, quote unquote health nuts that we, we try to keep a pretty decent balance around here of sure. junk and, you know, stuff that's good for you. Yeah. And so it just, you know, for me, it was just having to start making these personal assessments that, you know, I, I can't drink, you know, a, a couple 40 ounces of Pepsi or Mountain Dew a week uh, like I used to. Uh, you know, just have the energy to just, just, just burn them off, burn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just, you know, things like that. And just, you know, going more toward, towards portion control and, you know, it's one of those things too. It's like, you know, when, when people are like, oh man, I'm just going to completely cut out all sweets. Okay. You know, that's great. You know, that works for about maybe four or five days. And then you you smell that doni or you smell that chocolate chip <laughs> cookie or or whatever it is, and you just go ham on it, and just the only thing that you leave behind are just crumbs and and despair. Yeah, you know. So that that's not really how I approach it. You know, it's like okay, well, I'm gonna make a conscious decision to, you know, because I love donuts. That is like my probably my biggest sweet. Achilles heel that and ice cream but man dude someone sets down a dozen donuts in front of me I could crush like five or six and (laughs) I'm not kidding and not even think about it I I freaking love donuts yeah so I mean it's gotta be one of those things it's like well you know I'm gonna you know not that I eat a lot of donuts now as it is but you know where I am employed there's usually one or two people a week who are showing up with a dozen donuts from somewhere just walking in, just going, hey, guys, brought you yeah, something. Yeah, brought donies. And so, you know, it's like, okay, rather than eating like two, maybe I'll split one with someone. Say, hey, does someone want to take a half? Yeah, sure. Right? I'll cut one in half. And okay. I just use my grubby hands and rip it apart and throw the other one back in the box. <laughs> like a jelly donut just ripped in half and the other one thrown back in there. Uh, but, yeah, dude, it's all about the it's all about just making that conscious decision uh, to do so. And yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not a nutritionist, but yeah, it is funny that for like the third week in a row, we've gone from, well, maybe only the second week. I was talking yeah. about my, my milk last week. Oh, yeah, the milk <laughs> cream, thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm drinking water today. I mean, you know, yeah. our, our, you know, we've had shows brought to you by PBR and shows brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts Brownie Coffee. As I'm talking about nutrition, I was drinking a brownie coffee last go around. Today I'm just drinking water. I mean, I've just had that yeah. walking, like, you know, headache today kind of thing. Here in Arizona, we just finished our last, well, I should say the Phoenix area, Arizona. We yeah. finished our last little cold snap of winter, literally ended Monday, or no, excuse me, Tuesday, February 28th. Oh, did it really? We're recording this on March 1st. Right. Yeah, we are now in our version of spring. So we went from a low yesterday of, I want to say, 59 to 70 today. It will be 78 tomorrow and then 80s for the rest of the way through. So those of you who are still shoveling your way out of your snow or to get to your car, you know, I shovel all that sunshine off my car to get mine going. (laughs) But yeah, we've our our winter quote unquote has officially ended. So I'm thinking, you know, my little like nagging little like headache is just the stuff's blooming. You go outside and things smell green and yeah. you know, stuff like that. So just drinking a lot of water today. Yeah, I've been I've been uh 
that's a that's a continuum of issue. But I I did get yeah, a dude. We're gonna vitamin. we're gonna get people turning this off here real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's our show. Probably it's our show. Well, up next, celery. <laughs> <laughs> But I did, uh, I did get uh, a new like vitamin like mix that I drink in the morning, and it's like an energy booster as well. And so I cannot stop drinking water now. Like it's just oh, it's probably dehydrating you a little bit. It it probably is, but it's, I tell you, it's getting my butt up, and I'm walking around a lot more, and I'm taking on my breaks. I may I yeah have a lot of energy to go. That's good. Uh, like walk around the buildings, and on lunch I'm walking around now, so. It's helping. That's for it's sure. Good, Cause man, I, yeah. I sit on my butt now, you know, for work. So that'll do it, man. That'll make you fat. That did, <laughs> done. <laughs> Mission accomplished. It will. Yeah. I, it, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, not trying to be, you know, mean spirited. Uh, I know for me, if, if I'm, you know, part of my, you know, what I do, I do sit for occasionally, but I mean, dude, if, if I'm landlocked, uh, dude, I know that's, that's, you know, where I would be. Cause yeah. I mean, you know, you're, Want to snack a little bit here and there, and you know you're sitting. So anyway, yeah, yeah man, oh, yeah. there you go for this week of nutrition. Uh, Ryan and John recommend you drink water, uh, <laughs> take your vitamin supplements if you want to, which is good. Uh, dieting is a farce. You don't want to do it. You just want to make smart decisions. You don't have to cut everything out. Just you know, exercise wisdom, and there you go. So thank you for tuning in to. <laughs> A comic book podcast <laughs> with highlighting nutrition. That's right, man. All right, dude. Let's get into some comic book stuff. Jeez. Let's give these people what they want, man. They demand right. it. They demand to yeah. know our thoughts on everything comic book Just related. The people demand down it. the doors. The people breaking demand the it. They demand it. <laughs> what do you want to start with, dude? There's a lot of new, a lot of, a lot of news, man. Yeah, a, a uh, lot of news. But I would say that I you, would say you well, go right ahead. Well, there's a lot of news, but I mean, in terms of like what you can just really like sink your teeth into and just <laughs> just tear it apart, there really isn't much of that. You know what I'm saying? It's more of like like little niblets. Like, mm, that's good, yeah. right? Mm, that's good. Well, I mean, the new Guardians trailer. I yeah, I was gonna. That was that's what I was gonna exciting. say. You know, Guardians. Uh, you know, the last. Uh, trailer i think they're simply calling it trailer number two because you know we had the teaser then we yeah. had trailer number one trailer number two uh debuted again we're recording today on march 1st so when we say debuted yesterday you could be listening to this show 12 days from now and you're like what a bunch of idiots then they realize this thing was a couple of weeks ago <laughs> uh so today we're recording on march 1st so uh the trailer came out uh february uh 29th you know, it, it gives us a, a lot more um, fills in, it fills in some gaps. Um, I, I will say that it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't captivate me like the original Guardians of the Galaxy trailer did. Probably just for one simple reason. Uh, we've we've seen these characters on film. So sure. it's, you know, that anticipation build is is nullified a little bit. Yeah. Oh, nullified may not be the right term, but just kind of softened, maybe just a touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a very cool trailer. Uh, looks, you know, at least, I mean, you know, trailers can be deceptive. We all know that. And there's some things that are in a trailer that aren't in that final cut. And you're like, what happened there? Yeah. No shortage of that. And no, no, usually not. Uh, it, it looks like at least, uh, the guardians are, have grown by at least 
three members, maybe two with Yondu yeah. and yeah. Mantis yep. uh, joining or just m- more along the lines of friends of the Guardians of the Galaxy. True. Yeah. You know, uh, Nebula is probably still maybe the big question mark um, as yeah. to if, if she's will become an official member uh, right. of the Guardians or not. So, you know, that'll be interesting. And, you know, and what I really appreciate about this trailer is not a lot of of cards being shown uh, with this trailer. Uh, you know, we know that Ego uh, is going to be in it. Uh, we, we know obviously, you know, Kurt Russell is going to be Star-Lord's, uh, dad, which <laughs> was no surprise to anybody that, that you know, yeah. that was the last scene well, of the trailer, a, you know, and you're like, right, that was yeah, a, saw that coming. That was, a, that was a great reveal too. You know, that was a yeah totally tasteful, totally great. And I think it, it leaves it as a nice cliffhanger because, you know, you don't get a lot, you don't, you get the response from, uh, Star-Lord's face, but not anything else. Like it's just kind of a, that's where that's where the, you know, the cliffhanger of the trailer. So who knows when that like shows up in the movie? It could be toward the end. It could be in the middle. You know, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see that play out. I'm really excited to see it play out. I would like to have seen Kurt Russell still have his hateful eight beard and mustache. That would have been fantastic. He's, he's still rocking a beard and mustache, but not Dude, the not the hateful eight one. Stellar, stellar beard and mustache on Kurt Russell. I think he just he's just keeping that for he's just starting to keep that look. I think that's just the Kurt Russell. Dude, look Kurt now. Russell is a man's man. I love <laughs> that dude. You know, he was uh, he was approached to be in the Expendables three and yeah, and, and turned it down. And I so wish that he hadn't. I yeah. think he would have been so. I think Kelsey Grammer ended up taking his role. I think it was. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, That's Kelsey awesome. Grammer. Yeah, I'm, I like that. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So you know, the trailer looks really cool. Check it out. Uh, you know, you're, again, you're not going to get an overabundance of reveal for the story, which I absolutely appreciate. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I I I feel that you know, just trailers in general, uh, just almost give us too much and yeah. and you're just kind of like oh you know well i guess i can save my 10 bucks you know well that was i mean that was bvs all in a nutshell is that you know they uh, gave every single thing away in that trailer. right understatement of the year man i mean <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know but with this one i i did uh a couple things that i kind of thought was kind of cool uh yondu has his comic book mohawk uh on he had the it screen the, he had it in the first he, one well he's got that little like he's got that little little one, yeah. But in this one, yeah, a little little bit a big, little bit bigger this time. It's around. a huge okay. one now. It's yeah. like full size. Yeah, and so I don't. Th- I think they're not afraid to take those, um, like those design and style. I'm not going to call them. I guess a risk is a good word. Uh, with the characters, you know, costume design. You know, you think back to X Men One, right? And everyone was scared to put these dudes in some any sort of color. Um, all the way now we've got, uh, this chicken green and, and her sister in blue and, uh, Yondu's blue with this red mohawk. And, uh, I don't know, like, it, I feel like we're, we're starting to be comfortable with these alien characters for sure, but more comfortable with a, a classic or very much, uh, very much nodding toward the classic design of the comic book. Um, rather than trying to make up for that inside of inside of uh, a design choice for now it's a it's a return to color and and it's something the MCU has done very well is right the the color of the characters 
uh, and and we're not <laughs> we're referring to their suits, okay, and <laughs> the color of the characters. Uh, they haven't been uh, afraid to you know splash with color, and and the Guardians were already a huge risk to begin with. In yeah, terms Rocket of, Raccoon, like yeah. who, like there's not a lot of people who can. That's not a household name in whatsoever. Oh no, you get outside that um, bubble of comic book nerdery, and Rocket is well, all of them, all of them all are going to be are. a huge, you know, a, a difficult sell, and yeah, uh, Marvel sold it, and people yeah. bought it, and so yeah, now you can kind of you know stretch those boundaries a little bit. Uh, because these characters have now been accepted and they, they are colorful characters, not just in their personality, right. but also in their presentation. And, you know, I mean, you know, you can, you can look at Deadpool. I mean, you know, Fox did the right thing in portraying right. Deadpool in the suit in which he should look. Yep. Uh, it just, you know, and, and of course it looked great on film and, you know, yeah, it's, it it's kind of hard yeah. to screw up black and red. I mean, it, that two colors that go outstandingly well together. Uh, but yet they chose to really not tinker with that too yeah. much. So, yeah, that like, that's very cool. Yeah. It's, I think that's a good call out to to see like Kevlar that. material helps with coloring too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely with that one. Uh, so kind of staying in the movie uh, front, a little bit of a again, just a little snippet, just a little like, how do you do? Uh, Zack Snyder uh, released. I mean, you talk about brief. I mean, a brief little video. <laughs> Three second. <laughs> yes. Brief little video clip of uh, Aquaman, Arthur. And it's funny because before the show, you and I were discussing, are they going to refer to him as Aquaman or is he just going to be Arthur? Kind of be interesting to see how they approach that. Uh, swimming underwater. It looks like he's swimming up to, uh, you said it could be the, the king of Atlantis. So we don't really know if, if. Arthur is the king of Atlantis in Justice League, or will he become right. the king of Atlantis? We're not really sure, which is fine. Please don't tip your hat with that in the trailer. Re let that slowly reveal in the movie. That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, gives us something to look forward to. Warner Brothers uh, is please, uh, please. yeah right. We're good. We're good. Yeah, Just we don't it, we don't need it. everything, man. We don't need everything. <laughs> so yeah, he's swimming up to someone. Uh, looks like they're holding a trident. Uh, it, like I said, it could be the king of Atlantis. It could be a guard. Uh, could be just be a statue underwater. It's kind of yeah. hard to tell. Very CGI. Um, I can already hear Ryan. I can already hear the unreasonableists. Rolling their eyes, looks terrible, looks stupid. What a mistake! You know it. It's coming. It's coming. You can hear those thunderclouds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Coming in. To that, I answer with one simple, th one simple thing. And and you and I discussed this very briefly. We all remember the very first trailer for Iron Man, and the CGI in that trailer for Iron Man was just a notch below horrible. And I remember people again going, this is going to tank. It's going to bust. Yeah. It was an early, early trailer. They had to get something out. And we all know that once you go through principal, post, editing, mixing, cleaning, trimming, all of that, by the time we got Iron Man to the big screen, he looked infinitely better 
I think you can even make the argument oh, for yeah. for as poor of a movie as Green Lantern was. The very first trailers for Green Lantern, the, the CGI didn't look all that great, and there were plenty of moments in Green Lantern for is is subpar as that movie was, where the yeah. CGI looked very good. Yeah, at times it looked very good. It really just popped right off the screen, and if you've yeah. had the opportunity to see that on Blu-ray, it 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 looks really great on on Blu-ray. Now that doesn't smooth over the rough edges of the, of the film in general. Well, Just, yeah, as, as terrible of a movie as it really was, right. it was... At times, it looked, I mean, it very, looked very, very good. It looked, looked very okay. good. It looked <laughs> very good, as as opposed to what we saw in the first trailer. So I think it's kind of cool seeing this, you know, brief little um, video clip, um, obviously not a cleaned-up shot. It It's blurry. It's grainy. It is CGI. I'm sure it's going to look much better when we see the final product. Right. But it's just kind of cool to yeah. see, you know, Warner Brothers and, and, and Zack Snyder just throw out a little something, you know, just like, hey, check this out. This is what we're yep. working on. This is what we're pushing towards. And you and it looks like he's swimming in some coral, uh, uh, like a coral reef. And knowing that the new tone, uh, some course correction that Warner Brothers is doing, I imagine that final scene is probably going to be very vibrant, very colorful. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking, I hope so. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that what that final final look will be but you can check it out it, it's yeah. all over the place you can find that you know brief little video clip again it, if you haven't seen it do not expect any sort of spoilers or to completely be blown out of your seat it's just a neat little yeah. nugget that's that's out there right now it's just kind of yeah. kind of a thing yeah it's on our feed um so you can find it you can find it at least there yeah. um you can find it but literally if you just search aquaman on twitter like it's it's everywhere right now so yeah, uh, yeah. no big deal on that uh speaking of dceu as well matt reeves locked in oh yeah to the the director's chair of the batman um and i think uh had a had a good conversation this week with a few folks um or a few guys at work and and we were talking about this whole Ben Affleck thing and they and I tell you we I'm not gonna you know completely rehash what we talked about last week but to echo the statement again um, him stepping down from the director's chair uh, is not a problem and when you look at what the one what Ben Affleck is doing in the film but secondly um, and I think most importantly they did retouch his script Um, they went back through they um, they rewrote um, some of this, uh, I'm, I'm going to say some, um, I'm tempted to say most, uh, but when you do that, um, when you, cause he was involved in the screenwriting process as well, Ben Affleck was. So when you rewrite, when you get, sorry, sorry, I just coughed. When you rewrite, uh, this material and then you want the same guy who wrote the previous material to direct this current material and act in it. You want to talk, I mean, we talk about tall order a lot here, but that is a tall order. You can't expect this guy to re go back in, relive those those script changes, and then be able to perform a hundred percent as the actor and as the director um, after those types of script changes. I'm I have to be honest that causes me a little trepidation. Like I'm a little nervous about a rewrite, as I think a lot of us kind of get when we hear about rewrites. Um, they're not always bad. They're, they're in fact they're a lot of times they're really good. Rogue One is a perfect example. Just about to mention Rogue One, man. You're Rogue my One mind. is so a perfect, most yeah. recent example where the rewrite yeah. produced an infinitely better film, where everybody from top to bottom said, 
that is exactly what needed to be done. Right. So, I mean, that that could be the case here. So rewrites happen all the time, man. Right. All the time. Right. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I'm, I'm just, I'm still my, uh, I felt like I, uh, I was running and then I hit a rock and so I tripped a little bit. I'm still not, I'm not in fall over, but I'm, I just tripped a little bit. Well, um, and you know, it, I, I got to really kind of, you know, I, I, again, I take issue with a lot of the reporting of Matt Reeves, uh, being selected as the director. And, uh, you know, I'm, we don't do this often, but I'm going to I'm going to call out a, a specific website. IGN kind of stoked the fires again with this saying in the press release, it wasn't mentioned that Ben Affleck is reprising his role as Batman. So, you know, is Affleck in? Is Affleck out? For the love of Pete, <laughs> why would Warner Brothers need to reemphasize again who the starring person in this movie is? It, it, yeah. that, that seemed incredibly redundant. And I love the way that both Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck approached this uh, through a very brief Twitter interaction between the two. They both said that they are excited to work together. Any sort of rumor of bad blood or anything is simply just that. And we're, we're absolutely going forward. With, with this film. And I think Ryan, it's just another example of clickbait trying to generate, you know, we live in this 24 hour news cycle and it's very much applicable to our little hobby that we call comic books that you got to get, you got to people got to, you got to keep them staying on your website. You got to keep them there, man. You got to keep them there. And, yeah. and you know, you throw out this Re- Matt Reeves in is Affleck in or out. I mean, Jeez. right. I mean, save you a click. Yes. Yes, the answer is yes. He's he's in. Yes, and the, you know what? IGN is is a perfect. And I'm gonna, I don't know. IGN <laughs> is 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 just is of course the the quintessential example of all this crap. And comicbook.com has been doing it too. And uh, and I've taken it and I've gone on Twitter and I've mouthed it off a couple of times. And I know a few of you have kind of responded <laughs> to that, but. Um, where it's just clickbait titles about our comic book stuff. And I tell you, it's, it's so gratingly irritating because I tell you, if it's an article that says, Hey, here's Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck's thoughts on the director change. I'm clicking on your article hundred percent. I'm going to read that article. I'm going to, cause I'm interested in what they have to say about the change. Is Ben Affleck still on board? Find out here. Click this button. No, I'm not going to click on it. It's not going to happen. It's it's just it's so dumb. Yeah. I, anyway, so that's that's my uh, that's my IGN and comicbook.com rant. Well, and you know, I guess we you know we need to preface it as well too that uh, we we utilize these sources. We're not completely going to yeah. throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, you know, um, we're not going to throw the. Uh, we can clean that up. Uh, we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because uh, there, yeah. there's definitely some great resources to be found on these particular yeah. sites. So we don't want anyone to think that we're just, you know, uh, completely tossing these these websites, you know, under the bus. What we're simply saying, um, and we feel that we have a pretty significant voice in this, that, you know, we are a national podcast show. We have listeners, you know, all throughout. 
And, and so we believe we have a stake in this as well too. And, and people are invested in what we have to say because we're fans of this material as well too. That while you and I take a responsibility, Ryan, in terms of what we're going to quote, we're not really a news podcast, right? But we take responsibility in what we're going to broadcast and what we're going to podcast out to our listeners that we just don't want to be, you know, listen bait. Well, we're just going to throw out a scintillating title for this podcast and hope you listen to it and then just give you a bunch of baloney, um, right? right, Just to kind of stoke um, some sort of unreasonable yeah conversation so all we're simply saying is that you know we understand that you need to keep eyes on your website we understand we want to keep ears on our show but not sacrificing the integrity of of said website or said show and just you know creating something out of nothing uh, in order yeah. to generate some clicks. That's, I think that's essentially what we're saying is you don't need to do that uh, yeah. to get your message boards full, to get your forums full, things like that. I, I don't really have much more to add uh, to that, um, that, that part. Uh, so yeah, so we got the Aquaman thing. Very cool thing we just uh, read tonight. Again, this is March 1st, that in May... Ryan, Rob Liefeld returns to Marvel and Deadpool for a graphic novel called Deadpool Bad Blood OGN. It's pretty big okay. news, yeah, man. I was just, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just taking a look at that. And uh, apparently, I don't know if, I don't know, I think that's in like an old uh, post someone put on Splash Report. Um, Am I reading old news? No, 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 no. I'm oh, okay. lo- I, was thinking, I thought I was looking at an old image, but apparently... That's the preview art uh, yeah. that's on there now. So okay, there's an okay. image of Deadpool, and yeah. it is. I tell you, when you know when you've when you're when you're <laughs> new, when you know comic books and when you know um, artist stylings, this is for sure Rob Liefeld's Deadpool. Oh, there's there's no um, uh, yeah, there's, there's no doubting no it, no denying it. No, um, <laughs> just nope. It's that's it. Um, Yep, that's his Deadpool. So hopefully we won't see any feet. Uh, that's I my... hope not. We darn well better not. <laughs> we we just won't see. It, it does look like he's toned down on, on the muscles. So it looks like you know he's fitting nicely in his suit there. He's not busting every seam um, with every <laughs> possible muscle being flexed. And uh, yeah. like again, I just hope we don't see any feet. Um, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> or he's been working on feet. Yeah, <laughs> he's been it's... Practicing. Uh, well, you know, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Uh, you know, Deadpool is the uh, quote unquote flavor of the month uh, over at Marvel right now. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, Wolverine is gone. He's dead, though. Old man Logan exists in the current Marvel Universe. Uh, but the Wolverine of the Marvel Universe is gone, replaced by X-23, the new Wolverine. Right. So, yep. so essentially, uh, Deadpool is really kind of, you know, for lack of a, I guess, a lack of a better definition, sort of the new Wolverine, you know, when you really think about it. I mean, yeah, you know, ultra successful movie. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, he's got four monthly titles, which I scratch my head over. I don't understand why you need four Deadpool titles, but yeah. okay. All right. Um, and then that's nothing against the character. I would say the same thing, guys, if there were four Superman comics. Okay. You guys all know how much I love Superman. If there were four Superman comics, I'd be asking, yeah. why do we need four Superman comics? Could someone tell me why we need four? 
because mm-hmm. uh, you just usually you don't. Um, yeah. So it you know it's a it's a big deal that you know Rob is coming back to uh, Marvel. It it looks like at least what we've uh, read on the story here that uh, it is going to be outside of continuity. It's going to be a standalone. Now that doesn't mean that the events of this graphic novel. Uh, cannot be referred to in continuity. I think, you know, a great example, of course, is the killing joke. Uh, you know, that did yeah. not exist in the Batman monthly series, though the events of the killing joke are canon. They are continuity. So, uh, yeah, it'd be really cool. You know, this is something that, you know, I'll, I'll be very transparent. I will probably pick up. I, I, nice. would, yeah, I'm interested to see, uh, you know what Rob is going to bring uh, to Deadpool. He's been away from this character for a long time. Uh, he's done some uh, some guest spots, I think, here and there for like covers and things like that, but really hasn't like been a huge part of this character that he co-created. So, you know, it'll be really uh, interesting. And I guess what I want to see is, you know, as we've talked about Rob wanting to uh, resurrect the extreme universe, Youngblood, Brigade, Supreme, those characters. I want to see how he's going to handle one of his originals that he helped bring to life, helped to make very successful. I want to see how he handles that to get an idea of what he potentially could do with his quote unquote newer uh, creations that came after Deadpool again, the extreme universe. Yeah. So if he can handle, you know, the story of Deadpool uh, correctly, well, when I say correctly, that's a subjective term. I want to say entertainingly without just like making me completely check my brain at the door um, and have it just be nothing but splash pages. You know, every, every right. two pages, yeah. it's just a big splash page then, you know, hey, maybe Rob has, you know, toned down his style a little bit and his understanding that the readers of 2017 are not going to be the same readers from 1993. There's there's a little bit of a higher expectation. Uh, So, yeah, but that's really cool. You know, so, you know, comic book fans, Rob Liefeld returns to Marvel and Deadpool on May 17th. So... And I'm going to get yeah. myself a copy. I'm going to I'm going to pick that up. Well, well, you were while you were chatting there. I, I also took a look at the actual splash report page um, that I it is on our Twitter again. But the um, they actually go through a few of the panels. Uh, they don't have any dialogue, uh, but there is like uh, there's like four pages or so of uh, four pages about, about yeah about four pages of of art there. Um, that Rob done, or that Rob has done for this already, and it looks like he's teaming up with um, Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, who did X Men in '92. Yes, um, to 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 write this stuff with. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to it myself. A little bit of a yeah, a little bit of an early on. early '90s uh, X Universe reunion there, right? I mean, these yeah. are some guys who. You know, no one who's involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if we want to dive into a little bit of comic book history here, uh, you know, we, we touched on some of this when we spoke about image, uh, you know, in the early 90s, the X-Men had an amazing boom of popularity. Oh, yeah. And it Jim it, Lee was Jim Lee was Jim drawing Lee, a lot Rob of it. Liefeld, Chris, yeah. Uh, I mean, and just, you know, you had the new mutants became X-Force uh, Marvel uh, reintroduced a or not reintroduced. 
introduced a brand new X-Men monthly yeah. title that was just simply called X-Men. Uh, the, the uncanny X-Men was still in production, but X-Men uh, with Jim yeah, Lee Chris as the artist. and Chris Claremont writing it. Chris Claremont. And so, you know, these guys were a part of the, the huge just mutant boom of the early 90s and right yeah even you know in, into the movies you you could feel the residual effects of that uh you know we we talked about it in apocalypse the yeah. the look and style of Psylocke who was a character that was around before Jim Lee ever drew her but he reinterpreted her reinterpreted her in a much different manner and we talk about the classic Psylocke pose uh, right yeah just was right there in the movie. Right. So it's like, I mean, this was a a quote unquote pose that was drawn in the early nineties and has become synonymous with that character ever since. So there, even the Deadpool movie is just (laughs) the, the fingerprints are all over the place of that, of that mutant boom. And so it's cool to see their Marvel bringing some of these guys back, not to try to, I don't think it's trying to recapture any sort of magic or lightning in a bottle again or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But these are guys who worked very well together, produced some very memorable books and you know, Hey, let's give them another shot. Let's see what they've got, man. I mean, you and I have talked about this, that Marvel could use a little bit of maybe a little bit of a dash of old nineties era attitude to kind of spark things up a little bit, maybe. Well, I mean, and let's, kind of talk about Chris. We've, we've mentioned Chris Claremont a lot on the show, but we've never really given him his credit role. And it's something that, um, well, tell, tell people know, who Chris Claremont is. Yeah. So, so Chris Claremont, uh, he's no young buck, right? No, he, no he's, he's been around a while. <laughs> he's been around for a while. Um, he had, he wrote, he, he's not, um, uh, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, not much of an artist, but he scripted all these books. Uh, he scripted a ton of books back in the uh, 60s. I'm sorry, the 70s, as and then pushing into the 80s and the 90s was the oh, heyday. Pretty much all throughout Chris the Claremont. 80s. Yeah, I mean, just his fingerprints were. I mean, everything associated right. X Men is just Chris Claremont's fingerprints yeah. are all over everything. The X Men just stand where it was just X Men. That was yes. just the top of it. Mm-hmm. That's when him and Jim Lee really got together and wrote um, what apparently is the best selling comic books of all time. And uh, he wrote days of future past. Yep. Just so you guys know the original comic book and the dark Phoenix saga. Yes, so he did. He actually created Phoenix. As a matter of fact, he, he has credit with creating Phoenix. He has credit uh, credit with creating, of course, Psylocke. We talked about him. I'm sorry, her, uh, but rogue and, and Phoenix, Sabretooth, Mr. Sinister gambit, like he's got a list of characters that that all the characters that we love today and we love in these comic books, oh, we owe a lot of that to Chris Claremont um, in setting those stages of how these characters, not how they looked, but how these characters, what the personality of these characters uh, really was. And yeah, and can, that. can I add something to that? Just put a little extra pepper in that sauce is if if for those who listen to this show and, and if the only exposure... Because we don't want to assume anything, okay? We don't want to assume that our listeners have been reading comics for decades, but we also don't want to assume that, you know, you just picked up a comic book like an hour ago, right. okay? <laughs> Where, <laughs> yeah. Um, if the only exposure that you have uh, to Dark Phoenix is X-Men 3, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you deserve infinitely better. 
pause this show, <laughs> jump on Amazon.com, X-Men, Dark Phoenix Saga, oh, order man. that volume set, put in your credit card number, come back and hit play. Uh, make sure that you may that, have to increase your credit card limit, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's beefy. There's a lot going on there, but it uh, is so and, good. But and it, it tells can, can a I story an, that like echoes throughout yes, so much of even these, to of today, even to today. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and if I want to add another little, uh, not little, uh, story to that. I know I've recommended this to you, this one, folks, I got to tell you, and this may play into, uh, we're going to be segueing into pricing. We don't talk a lot of pricing on this show, but we're going to talk some pricing here in a little bit. Um, that's, that is a little bit difficult to find and it is a little bit expensive, but you want to talk about some great Chris Claremont writing where you get introduced to characters like Mr. Sinister X-Men. Well, it's actually uncanny X-Men Inferno. Volumes one and two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You have talked oh, about that quite a bit. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I mean, again, uh, it's about 38 bucks per volume. It, it's, it's not cheap. It is, without spoiling any story, uh, it is the birth of Cable, though you don't know that's Cable right away. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how the events of Inferno just man, uh, just tied into leading into characters like Deadpool and Cable and Domino and the New Mutants and X-Force. Um, so yeah, if you really want to get a, a real just mouthful of juicy, bloody steak that's just full of protein, <laughs> and it's Chris Claremont, <laughs> Dark Phoenix Saga, and Inferno. It's going to cost you a little bit of money, guys. Uh, we're sorry. We don't price these books. <laughs> but... <laughs> it, if if it was up to us, they'd they'd, they'd be uh, a lot cheaper. But I feel, in in genuinely, that they are worth the investment. Yeah. Uh, I I will preface a little bit when you read the Dark Phoenix Saga. It's it's excellent writing. You do need to keep in mind that if you're a newer comic book fan, okay, right, and yeah. and you're used to a certain art style, you're not going to get that in the Dark Phoenix Saga. Please don't dismiss that when you see it. And just because that, that sometimes can happen. It happened to me when I was a kid, Ryan, because I would look at like yeah. comics from like the 50s and 60s and I'd be like, Ugh, that looks stupid. Right. Well, you know, you get you get a little bit older. You start recognizing the value of that. And you're like, well, it was the time frame, man. I mean, you know, not everything was, you know, big blazing guns and pouches from the yeah. moment comic books hit. So um, don't if the art style, which some people say, oh, it looks so 80s. Well, it, yeah, it, it will, because that's you when it right. was written. Yeah, <laughs> you are right. Uh, soak in what it is, because uh, it's great. And you will very quickly find that that artistic style complements that amazing story. Yes, right. the costumes are a little outlandish. Jean Grey's green costume is a little... You know, eyebrow raising, <laughs> but uh, just you know, Colossus has his full like yellow and and red with the big shoulder uh, pads, the big yeah. shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. You're right, but at the same time, like, I uh, you know, and maybe that's that's where you know I start to, I, you know, the the younger listeners or the people that have not read comics at all until now. It's like I look at that kind of stuff and I'm like, man, that's when X Men was X Men though. Like to me, that's when it that's was. That's when a man was a man. That's, that's, when, that's when we drank. That's when we drank Low and Brow and we read <laughs> X Men comics by Chris Claremont, like <laughs> in a steak. And they and they only cost a dollar. That's they, right, folks. Cost, a Those books the, were a dollar, one dollar. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. So no, a great recommend and great shout out to Chris Claremont too, man. Uh, he is, uh, he's got a little cameo in X-Men three too, by the way. Um, yeah. he's one of the guys, uh, he's the one watering his lawn, I believe when, uh, Magneto and, uh, Xavier go to visit a young Jean Grey. Oh yeah. In a that flashback. Wasn't, uh, that wasn't Stan Lee. Stanley was one, but Chris Claremont was also a guy out in his yard. Oh, as well, yeah, too. there was a, there was a lawn, and then there was a lawn mower. Yeah, water, yeah. and then the lawn mower thing. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember which one he who was. Yeah. So yeah, good good shout out to Chris Claremont. Okay, so yeah. uh, Ryan, you mentioned to me, and uh, and well, and I also mentioned to you that we're gonna let's talk some pricing here, man. Now we're not talking about pricing for vintage books. That is not what we do on this show. There are plenty of comic book shows that do that. Okay. That that's not our thing. You know, uh, so if you're ever like, I'm gonna ask the reasonable fanboys what I should pay for this certain you know, <laughs> issue of a comic, well, you know, we love you. Um pay 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 whatever you feel comfortable. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just not a territory we venture into. Um you know, yeah, it, no, yeah. It just it's it's just not. Uh we're, we're it's not that we're saying it's a bad thing. We're not saying it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I probably, you know, have overspent uh, on back issues that, that I have yeah. picked up recently. A lot of it just is more of a nostalgia base where it's like, because where comic book pricing comes in, it's like, well, it's only worth whatever someone's going to pay for it, really, is, sure. what it, is what it comes down to. But that's not what we're talking about here, okay? Uh, you can take that up with your comic book store and see if you can kneel <laughs> someone down yeah. on price, okay? So have fun with that. Though I will say this. If you do have vintage comics that do have value and they're in really great shape, uh, may I urge you, and Ryan, I think you'd agree with me on this. May I urge you, do not take those to your comic book store to sell. No. Okay. And here's the reason why. Okay. We love comic book stores. These guys and gals, they exist uh, to make money. And we are very happy to walk into these stores and spend our money with them. We. I'm, we're in agreement with that, aren't we, Ryan? We believe comic book stores should exist. And I, I live in a capitalistic society. There I'm you okay go, right? I've said it a million times. <laughs> I may be a Democrat, but I'm also a capitalist, okay? We're not all communists over here on the Democratic side, okay? That being said, when it is a comic book shop, they do have uh, the goal of making money. And, you know, they're going to want to give you something for that book, but they're also going to think about their return on investment. And so you want a great example? Watch Comic Book Man. Great show. Yeah, I love those guys. You and I have talked about doing a road trip to Jay and Jay and Bob's uh, stash. Oh uh, yeah, which will will happen. Reasonable fanboys will take a road trip at one point. They have to run a show or or uh, a a store, and so they will haggle down on comics that legitimately have incredibly high value. So. Again, like that Pawn Star show. I, I, I yeah, that, that's years. another good that, example. That dude well is too. just like, hey, I'll get. I, I'll, the best I could do is a quarter. Yeah, right. <laughs> the best I could do is three cents. Yeah. So like, like if this you, is a gold brick. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, this is a solid gold brick, uh, yeah, unmarked, no no stamp on, no engraving on it, <laughs> untraceable. Yeah, I gotta think. I gotta think about you know. I gotta think about my clients. You know, I gotta, I gotta sell this thing. So you know, if you've got a book in your collection. And you've done your research and, you know, let, let's, let's just take a one we we're just talking about. Let's say you have an X-Men number one with uh, yeah. Jim, Jim Lee. Maybe you have the, uh, there was about five different colors. We'll, we'll pick the Magneto cover. Okay. Let's say you had the Magneto cover, number one, foil embossed. Okay. Signed. Uh, 
Yeah. And signed. <laughs> yeah, signed. Yeah. Now, yeah, you better have proof of authenticity on that one. But let's say you've got the foil cover, issue number one, sealed. Uh, it's still in its poly bag. Great condition. Okay. Yeah. And you've done your research and you're like, hey, I think I can get X amount of money for it. Uh, if you take it to your comic shop, okay, number one, they're going to know what the market value of that book is. If, if it's a comic right. book shop that knows what they're doing, okay? Especially if it's an older one that's been around for forever and a day. Your best option with that is, you know, find an auction house, uh, find, uh, you know, like an eBay auction or Craigslist, something like that, yeah. um, to where you can determine and dictate the price um, unless you're in a, unless you're in a pinch and maybe you just kind of need cash right away. But trust me, guys, I've learned the hard way. I have sold books to comic book, uh, shops in the past that, yeah. that I knew had a better value than what they had. And I was willing to take that hit. And I think back to those times, I'm like, man, you know, I wish I would have hung on to that book. Number one, just because it'd be kind of cool to still have it. But also right. like, man, I really got taken to the cleaners, you know, on that one. So <laughs> uh, there's reasonable fanboys, you know, marketing advice. Number one, if you have a uh, single issue comics of value, um, we love our comic shops, but just keep in mind, you're not going to get what you're looking for. And if you're pricing, you know, they're there to it, make money, man. Like, yeah. It's not, it's, they're it's they're really not going to give is. you market. They're value. there to make money. They're not going to, they're going to give you what they can buy it from you for so they can resell it at a high, at a markup. That's right. Okay. So Ryan, that's obviously not what we were talking about, but we just want to throw that nugget out. When you talk about pricing, fill people in on, on, because we love this company, uh, but we're, we're sure. not a fan of their pricing. So Dude, we talk, I mean, we've talked a lot about like why we, why we've gone into other companies and why we've gone into other comic book, you know, comic book publishers um, since we've started this show, uh, just talking to each other about the comics that we're reading and uh, how many times we talk about Valiant and, and we start diving into uh, the collected volume sets there. And the volume sets of Valiant, it's great, man. Like volume one's usually around $8, $9, get your feet wet. Volume two is going to be a little bit more pricey, right? It's going to be that $12 mark. But it really doesn't start to bump up beyond that. And um, I tell you, I started looking for a few things. I uh, I started looking for um, that Chris Claremont, Jim Lee, X-Men, uh, and was really wanting to get that collected volume. And so I started doing my research, which is not much, right? I go to Amazon, I check it out and see what, see what, see what they have at Amazon. And then I go to a few other spots and I was looking for that. I was looking for Todd McFarlane's Super Spider-Man. Um, and I was looking for, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, Spider-Man, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man and Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, X-Men. I could not find Spider-Man for underneath $100. And which was a collected volume of his, uh, collected works. Now, are you talking? Put, are you talking new, or are you talking like a reseller? Tom McFarlane's. No, it was like it was just like like brand uh, new. I guess brand new. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't a reseller who had like. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was like, how do I want to wear this? Um, 
Like some dude selling it? Yeah, because you know how like Amazon will have resellers who'll sell books. Oh no 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 no. This was this was this was new. Okay. From from publishing. Company. Okay. Okay. That that's what um, I meant. Like like it was it's, a, it was a hundred bucks. And so I kind of looked at that and I said, well, that's okay. That's Todd McFarlane. It's a hardcover and it's uh, a pretty large book and it's actually his entire collected volume of Spider-Man. So it's not just volume one, volume two, here and that. It's like the entire thing. Probably it's an omnibus is what I'm assuming kind of really kind of what it is. So I was like, no big deal. Where's the X-Men, Chris Claremont, Jim Lee? Let me look at that. $30 for the volume one. Volume one, $30. You're welcome. You know, and you're, and you're grateful for the opportunity to, to, to read this book. And when I'm thinking, when I go to the store or when I go online, cause you know, I, I don't have a store near me right now, but when I go online and I start looking at this stuff, I'm, you know, I make a few decisions. Okay. I can spend $30 on one book that I know I really, really like that. I know I'm really, really going to want, or I can look at three books for seven bucks a piece and take some chances and start reading some stuff that I haven't been, that I wasn't interested in before. Like, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the third, the second option. Like it's, it's so tough for me to, to, to do that. And, and, you know, I know you were looking for infinity gauntlet this, this past couple of weeks. Which, which I found. That. Yeah. Which I found, you know, I was at, uh, it, again, it's not a tough one to find, uh, by any means. Sure. Uh, but I, I was at, uh, is it, you know, I was at Samurai Comics uh, in Mesa, Arizona. And uh, guys, this may feel like Ryan and John are picking on Marvel. Uh, we're we're going to pick on Marvel a little bit and we're going to pick. Like we are. Yeah, I am picking on Marvel. Yeah. And, and we're going to we're going to pick on them uh, because we love them and we and we love these characters. OK, so it's not a right. it's not. Hey, let's pick on Marvel uh, because, you know, DC rules. No, 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 uh, that's, that's not where, where this is coming from. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to come full circle here because our, our friends at DC sometimes aren't as innocent, uh, over some of these allegations that, that we're lobbing at Marvel as well too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so uh, they, don't, they, don't, yeah, don't, don't be thinking own. it's like, Oh, here, comes you know, here comes John is he's Mr. DC. Yeah. I read a lot of DC, but just. Hang on. Okay, hang on. Um, yeah, but I was looking at uh, Infinity Gauntlet, uh, you know, because we're you know, getting ready for the Infinity War coming up with Avengers yeah. and just want to revisit the, you know, classic Avengers storyline and uh, the collected set, which is much easier to grab a hold of as opposed to getting individual issues. I know I can find them digitally. I wanted these on paper. I, right. I yeah. wanted to hold it in my hand. Okay. $28 for the infinity gauntlet. Huh. $27.99. And I'm standing there and I'm looking at this and I'm just like, you know, that's not that, not that we're and that's a collected volume, like collected volume, volume uh, you know, very nicely done, uh, you know, glossy paper, uh, glossy cover. You know, I mean, it's, it's not some, you know, ragtag, you know, book that's barely, you know, hanging together. Right. And you and I are not penny pinchers. Okay. I mean, we're not, you know, um, you know, we're not living in cardboard boxes, but we also don't live in, you know, you know, four story mansions. Okay. So when I, when I make a trip to the comic book store or if I'm going to buy some books online and have them shipped to me, 
um, I'm working with then something that, that we refer to as a budget. And so I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm like, <laughs> I really would like to have this story. And I had to just think in my head, it's like, Marvel, why is this book $28? Why is this, why is this book $28? Okay, now, I'm going to, now, very, you can make the argument, oh, well, John, it was a you know, critical story. It was an important storyline. It introduced new characters. It had the death of certain characters. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. Sure. Not, not going to argue that at all. Okay. So let's look at the other side of the coin. Okay, now stick with me here. Okay, don't, don't lob unreasonable fanboy accusations at me. You take another pivotal, important, just industry-changing story, the death of Superman, which is, turns out it's turning out to be a pretty big part of Rebirth. It's pretty cool how things kind of follow in a circle. You can pick up the death of Superman, um, new editions, you know, bound together. Yeah. Now, you, you, some of the collected editions you could get on the old style comic book paper, but you can get them now on the glossy paper. Colors have been touched up, cleaned up, very similar to what Image has done with Spawn, which should win like every award <laughs> for reissues in terms of how <laughs> yeah, those seriously. books look. And we're gonna so get good. and we're gonna get into how Image prices those and how very fan friendly that is. That, you know, you can pick up the death of Superman. Now, whether you like DC or not, whether you like Superman or not, you cannot say honestly that that storyline did not change the industry. And it still felt today. Okay. Right. You can get the death of Superman for $17.99. Yep. A, a storyline that I would argue is just as important, just as dramatic just as emotional as the infinity gauntlet and yep. it's $11 less. Why is that? I, you know, and I don't have an answer for that. Why, you, why does, why does DC say, and again, now hold on. We, we're, we're not DC does not get away scot-free. Okay. So hang with us, but why can DC take the death of Superman? Now, not as many, Individual issues comprise the death of Superman as Infinity Gauntlet. I will, I will concede that point, okay? But if, if DC wanted to, they could say, oh, for those new readers, you want the death of Superman? We're going to charge you $30. Just for the death of Superman cycle. That wouldn't include Funeral for a Friend, wouldn't include Reign of the Superman, okay? Right, yeah. Just death of Superman. <clears throat> So, you know, I look at that and I'm just like, wow, that is a, that's a steep amount of money. And, and to your point, it's like, what did I do instead? I picked up Action Comics Rebirth volume number one. And yeah. I picked up, um, actually, that's the only thing I did pick up that, that trip. That was it. That was it. Save some cash. And yeah, my, yeah my, bu my budget was about 20 bucks. And so the uh, action, action Comics Volume 1 under Rebirth was, uh, I don't have it sitting here next to me. I want to say it was sixteen ninety nine. So I'm like, there you go. That's, I'm okay. coming in under Makes my sense. budget. I had a budget of 20 bucks when I walked in here today. Could I have dropped that 28? Yeah, I could have. But I had a budget that I wanted to stay within. And so, you know, Infinity Gauntlet goes back to a back burner. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to come back to you. 
Yeah. And, and, and this has been a, a reoccurring theme of pricing with Marvel. And we're not just talking about the collected volumes here, Ryan, is their monthly titles are $4.99. Jeez. $5. That is, that is a lot for a single issue. That, that is, is a lot of so money. Much for a single issue. It's You're a tremendous asking, amount of money for something that's got ads in it as well, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. It has ads. So you're paying $5. And, and you know, one of the things that, that you and I love about the collected volumes is you get all of them together. I, yeah. I don't go from a great panel of, of, of awesome storytelling to a Snickers ad. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that was that was a rude awakening when I picked up um, uh, Red, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, when I when I when Rebirth hit, and I picked up Zero and Number One of of Red Hood, and uh, opened those first couple panels, and then like three three sheets in, and I'm going, why am I looking at Batman and Superman like talking on a like a like some sort of communicator back and forth, like why am I looking at like Snickers ads, like it seemed uh, so foreign to me that that comics uh, that are still released now. You know, it used to be uh, Hostess Fruit Pies um, <laughs> yep. ads over and over and over again inside the comic books that, that I would pick up. And uh, I don't know what, what made me... As a kid, I, like, read the ad for whatever reason. Like, I thought it was a funny ad because it was Hulk and he was, you know, he was mad and angry and then he used to Hostess Fruit Pie and he's fine. Yeah, he eats a, he eats a ding-dong <laughs> and all of a yeah, sudden he's, he's not angry anymore. Man, he's all right. He, he calms down after a Hostess Fruit Pie. Um, but... Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't understand. Like, well, when we get the collected volumes, that's one of the best. It's one of the best things ever. When I'm, when exactly what you said, when you're flipping through and you just get from like one great panel to another, and there's no Snickers in your face trying to trying to make you go eat junk food, <laughs> or or and it's five dollars. Yeah, how many pages is that? How many pages of actual comic are you getting for five bucks, John? You like know, is that is I, I mean, is that like fifteen pages? I, I would have to say probably at the minimum, you know, fifteen pages. You know, we we poked some fun at uh, my boy's kiss, you know, last week. I mean, a, yeah. a, a kiss comic is, you know, what did I say? Darn near forty percent ads. Yeah. Right. So while I was at you, you talk, I'm going to me two seconds. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> he, he's so upset. He's just taken off. So you know, when I was at Samurai Comics, uh, you know, I would I wandered over to the Marvel section and I was looking at uh, the clone conspiracy Spider-Man and I, I'm standing there and looking at him like, you know what? I think I may pick up a couple of issues. Now, again, remember I was, I was kind of working with a $20 uh, budget. So I had this $20 budget that I had in mind and I'm standing there holding a single issue of Spider-Man clone conspiracy and that's where I see the $5 price tag. And, and as, I'm, as I'm flipping through this issue of Spider-Man, to, to what you were saying, Ryan, is that I'm getting just, you know, page, you know, story, story, ad, story, ad, story, 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 ad, story, ad, story, story, ad, 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 story, book's over. I was like, I am not giving you $5, Marvel. I'm sorry. I cannot give you $5 for this. And and don't get me started on the artwork that I was looking at. Didn't really convince me for for five bucks. But for for somehow and for some reason, Ryan, Marvel has gotten to the point where they feel completely justified yeah. in this pricing structure. 
And again, you and I are capitalists. Okay. We're not saying you need to give these books away. Okay. You, you need to make money. What I'm saying is there's got to be a fine line somewhere because, you know, we, we uphold two of our favorite quote unquote independent publishers, Valiant and Image. If, if there was any company that could get away with just gouging its customers, yeah. it would be Image with those Spawn re-releases. And I, I have volume one and two of those. Uh, how much did you, how much did you pay? First... How much did you pay for volume one? We talked about it in our first couple shows. I bought volume one for gosh, eleven ninety nine. Brand new. I don't want to say it's it wasn't over fifteen. I think the second volume was fifteen, but the volume one was not over fifteen dollars. It was spawn one reissue with those gorgeous two page spreads. And, um, and was printed on Yeah, and the artwork was like just, retouched up, right? It was brightened it was, up. It was re, yeah. yeah, it was mm-hmm. re re enhanced, I guess, more than anything else. Or it was it was just printed on that um nice glossy. It wasn't paper. printed on paper, paper, paper. It was that printed glossy on like glossy. Paper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like photo paper. Um and they're thick pages. Um and so you get the glossy paper with the new comic books now. You don't have to like go through paper paper anymore. But you get that glossy paper with new comic books, but the but the collected volumes paper, that paper is so much thicker. Um, than the standard stuff that you and, get. And you feel like you're holding something that is like, it, it, it's this collected... It, it, Special. Yeah, not to sound melodramatic, but it's like a collected treasure, right? It's like so it much is. so much thought was, was put into this re-release. And Image, like I said, if, if any company, because dude, these Spawn comics were epically huge. Yep. They could easily have come out of the gate 25 bucks a pop. 30 bucks a pop. 11. You want to you want to go to Spawn yeah. right from the beginning? We're going to have you start off. Here you go. It's going to be $11. Yeah, 10 bucks. Uh, yeah, $11, volume 1. Here you go. Now, I just pulled I had to I got up while you were talking. I heard you talking about Spider-Man when I came back. But I got up and I went and got my Red Hood and the Outlaws uh number 1s. And this Actually, is, one's number one's number zero and one's number one. And this is under this uh, is rebirth. 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 Okay. This is the rebirth stuff. The um, yeah, I'm not excited about the the artwork here, but uh, anyway, it's the, got it's got rebirth artwork has gotten a lot better, man. It's yes, gotten a lot better. it has. Yes, it has. I don't know if they swapped out artists or if they or if the artist just got tuned in. I don't know. <laughs> um, they went back to work but, uh, at Dark Horse. Oh, we're just kidding. Uh, that was mean. Um. Dark Horse got some good stuff. They, uh, but 15 to 17 pages, um, with ads. So, you know, probably three or four of those back to back pages, um, or ads for $3, two ninety nine. That to me, that's acceptable. I, that's I, a no, that's two, two ninety nine. Yes. I don't know. It's $3 essentially, but you put the number two on the front on the, on the paper and I'm, t- you talked me into it, you know, and that, that was a big part of, of when DC transitioned from new 52 to rebirth around this time, Marvel raised their prices because we had civil war two that was starting to happen. They just go back into the poly bag. <laughs> Civil War. Oh, just, no paper bag. Uh, Civil War <laughs> two. Uh, Civil War two. I, I believe had just started, or or something along those lines. And well, it was Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Thank then, you. Thank yeah, you. Not Secret Civil Wars, War two. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the correction on that. Secret Wars. And so, the the price of their individual books went up. Uh, DC 
you know, they're making the transition from New 52 to Rebirth. They're wanting to bring a little bit more light, a little bit more positivity back into their stories. We got a lot of gloom and doom in New 52. They said, you know what? We're going $2.99 and we're going $3.99 because we can do it. We know we can do it. And the yeah. and Rebirth has been a very consistent bestseller. Yep. Now, they're, they're not selling as much as Marvel, depending on kind of, you know, and again, this is not something we normally get into here. We don't really get into these kind of arguments over who sells more and, and stuff like that. I guess what I just find confusing is the, the pricing that Marvel is offering up, you know, $5 a book, multiple titles for characters, four monthly Deadpool titles. And, you know, you had a great conversation with some folks this week that Marvel right now is a little tough to buy into because of the event. Now, before we move to that, I'm going to throw DC under the bus. Okay. I promised that I would when we talked about pricing. Okay. Just so our listeners don't think I'm just being a DC super fanboy. Okay. So I've got here. I've got Batman Rebirth Volume 1. I'm going to show it to, to Ryan there. Cool, cool cover there. You got Batman staring off into the distance. Then on the back, you've got Gotham and Gotham Girl and Batman. Pretty cool. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. So uh, this volume here was uh, $16.99. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. I wanted to pick up Nightfall. Yeah. Right up there with Death of Superman. Oh, I have. That's that's one of the ones I spent money on. Those are expensive. Yeah, tremendously expensive. Now, uh, if you're not familiar with the story of Nightfall, okay, it was the introduction of Bane. Actually, Bane was introduced in a book called The Vengeance of Bane. Uh, but if you buy the Nightfall collection, you get, I believe, you get the Vengeance of Bane in that, right? You get well, yeah. So with the Nightfall collection, and I, like I said, it's in the closet right now. Yeah, but uh, with the Nightfall collection, it's really cool because it just it skips, uh, it, it hops, skips, and jumps through the Batman story. You know, um, it pulls from different series of comics and everything else to collect the story of Bane. Um, so it tells the start to finish, you know, the birth of Bane essentially, and then does through. it have does it have the sort of Azrael in that as well too? I, I if Bane is involved. Uh, okay. then it has it in there. So, so some backstory on that. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, Bane was introduced in a, in a one shot called the vengeance of Bane. Uh, Azrael who became Batman for a short amount of time, uh, had a four issue limited series called the sword of Azrael. So just kind of give you a little bit of backstory. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So, right. um, I believe nightfall volume one includes vengeance of Bane. I, I don't know if it includes the four issues of the sword of Azrael. I, I want to say that it doesn't, um, a very interesting read. That, that's a tough one to track down, but it's an interesting read. That being right. said, um, I had, and if you, I think what Nightfall is three collected volume set, I believe. It's a huge. The storyline was was long, and and I had all the individual issues at at one point, and you know it's if you've a been, thick book. Yeah, it's no, it's no, it's no uh, and if you've been, you know, standard volume one, volume two kind of thing. It is, it is a thick read. 
And uh, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, I did have to sell off when I was in college a substantial portion of my comics uh, to help pay for school. Just kind of it was a necessity. It happens. It happens. And so I wanted to reintroduce Nightfall on in paper back into my personal library here at the house. And these books are almost forty dollars a piece. Yeah. Okay. And they they are not they are not touched up. Uh, it is on traditional comic book paper. It's not it on. Is. It's not on the glossy style. The artwork has not been shined up. You know the the inks have not been redarkened. It is essentially just a reprint of what was on the comic book shelf and the newsstands back in the day. And right. and DC is asking me to pay upwards of forty dollars a book. So I'm throwing DC in here as well, too. It's like, okay, you you haven't touched up anything. You haven't made it pretty pretty like you did with Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, Reign of the Superman, uh, the Spawn series, the Savage Dragon series re-releases. Uh, you haven't done any of that. In The Killing Joke. The like, Killing Joke. Uh, that, which that, you can they get, redid that one. You redid yeah. that one. You can get it very affordably. Batman Year One, you can get very affordably. Uh, but Nightfall. A again, a a comic industry changing storyline that was so important that it was the third part of the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay, yeah. And DC wants wants me to give them forty dollars for three three individual, not three total. Volume one forty, volume two forty, volume three forty. So one hundred and twenty dollars no, no for the Nightfall saga, and so. It's this inconsistent pricing structure that that really you know frustrates me. Now I I don't believe that Marvel or excuse me that DC is as guilty of it as as Marvel. I just don't. And there sure. is this fair enough. They they are guilty, but not as guilty, right? They're, um yeah. And, you know, in like you know, Planet Hulk is another one. That one comes in at at almost thirty dollars. You know, some right. Guardians of the Galaxy coming in at twenty seven, twenty eight dollars. And and these are not for recent collected volumes. This this is yeah. for storylines that have happened 10, 15 years ago. And and now Marvel wants, you know, five dollars a piece. And so you and I have uh, for individual issues. Now, you and I have talked about we're very much into D.C. We're into Valiant. I read, you know, three. Yeah, I'm reading three image books consistently at this point. You're getting into a little bit more image with Chew. Yeah. And I've had people ask me, Ryan, well, how come you guys don't talk about Marvel? You guys talk about Marvel movies. You guys talk about Marvel TV shows. Do you guys read Marvel? And I've been very transparent. I said, you know what? I don't read Marvel comics. And, yeah. and, and it's not. And, and let me tell you, folks, for those who you know, don't know us personally and, and see us face to face. And it's not because we don't like Marvel. We love Marvel. If we didn't love Marvel, we wouldn't be talking about him. OK, our, our complaint about pricing for individual issues and our complaints for collected volumes comes from a love of the product and a love of the characters. Yeah. OK, so dismiss that right away. Marvel has not given me now this is where we're venturing into opinion. Marvel has not given me a very compelling reason to buy into their books because I don't know where to start. It has been such a event driven company in the past 10 years right. that I'm being forced into purchasing multiple titles and multiple books that I'm not interested in owning. Yeah. In order to continue with the story. 
DC did the same thing, man. DC did the same thing with Blackest Night. Great storyline. You had the core Blackest Night storyline. Yeah. Fantastic storytelling. And, and you know how much I like Green Lantern, which is like very little. Yeah. Great story. But well, man, if you yeah. wanted to get the full breadth, dude, you were buying stuff that you're like, why am I like, you know, I joked the other night. It's like, why am I buying Zatanna number, you know, 12 or whatever? Just using just it as to, an, just, just, get, just using it as an example. Why am I buying just this to get title? the four panels of information that I need to know for this greater storyline? Yeah, right. And I think you know honestly, and that's what's kind of interesting. We talked a lot about clickbait earlier. Uh, this to me is comic book clickbait. Um, this is how you start to pad your sales numbers uh, because you decide to put um, a really stupid but important plot point into a into an obscure con- or not obscure. But probably you're, you're, you know, not your top three sellers, uh, but you decide to put your little plot point inside this, uh, this other thing, this other little piece, uh, this other comic book. And, you know, and, and when New 52 kicked off with uh, Batman Quarter Owls, total guilty of this with DC. Oh, yeah, they um, were. They oh, put this into wow. Catwoman and Batgirl yep. uh, with the New 52. I had zero interest in reading those books. Um, Death of the Family is the other one, man. Death of the yeah, Family where they, was where they would everywhere. throw it into, you know, Nightwing's book, uh, Suicide Batman and Squad, Robin, Batman yeah, and Robin. Was, yep. It, you know, you had Batman, then you had Batman and Robin, then you had like Robin, and then you had Nightwing, and you had Detective Catwoman, Comics, Catwoman, dude. It was everywhere, and it 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 was infuriating because they would put these little plot points in, and they would put the little note in there too, asterisk, refer to Catwoman, page burpeter with the gurkagurks, and it's just. Uh, that's your padding numbers. And it, and it was, it was such a key element that you couldn't just gloss over it because you're like, I'm no. missing something right here. Oh, apparently I'm missing something. I've got to go get this. I've got to go pay $3. Now, again, not too angry at the price tags on these books here, but I'm paying two ninety nine for a panel for a panel on a, on a, a title of that, information that on, on a, on a title that I will probably not buy again, that I'm not interested in reading. I'm just not interested in reading that right now. Maybe later. Sure. But I'm probably going to get the collected volume of it. I'm not going to buy the individual issue as it comes out. And that was DC during new 52. Oh dude. Yeah. And again, so time. we're saying DC is not, they don't get away innocent off of this. We just feel that Marvel uses this a whole lot more than DC does. Because uh, especially with Rebirth, DC has had an opportunity to do this a lot, and they've yeah. chosen not to. It's not as it's not as apparent, uh, you know. In the few side character books that I've picked up, I haven't seen those things pop up when I picked up the new, you know, when I picked up the Rebirth uh, series. Um, but and that's and that's what's more, you know, when I think about what's frustrating um, when I walk into a comic book store, I feel like or when I'm searching for stuff online with the collected volume sets that I go after. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not doing single issues right now. It's just collected volume sets for me. When I'm starting to go after collected volume sets, I feel like I know where to start when I'm looking for things from DC. I feel like I know where to start when I'm looking for things from image, um, dark horse, uh, you know, cause I've been, I've been actually looking that's, there's got some very interesting reads over there. Well, you, um, well, you've been wanting to read some Hellboy, dude, and that's uh, I have been wanting to read. Yeah, some that's Hellboy. that's a that's a huge dark horse. Uh, yeah, yeah, one of their big sellers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah, we did talk about that last night. Um, I feel like in Valiant, and I feel like and, and, and I picked up Valiant. Not, you know, 
I started that not too long ago. You guys have been with me on with been with me on this journey. I feel like I knew where to start. I could walk in, I could just pick one up and I felt like I could get going. When I started looking into how to get started reading the Civil War 2 or just Civil War 1 actually, and you and I talked about this a lot before the movie came out, Civil War, I picked up one of the volumes. And the amount of text messages that we sent back and forth to figure out what volume two was, or did I pick up the right one, it was absurd. And I don't understand as a comic book publisher why you would, other than confusing your readers on purpose, thinking that that's the good sales tactic to make them just buy all the books and then sort it out at home, uh, because it's doing the exact opposite for me, it flicked the switch off. And I walked out of the Marvel room and I said, you know what, I'm going to come back to you later after I've gotten my feet wet with some books. And it's a shame that I walked away from my most influential uh, publishers. You know, for me, it, start, it started with X-Men. Same, that, same you know, here, man. Yeah, it, it, that, was, that was the first comic with, I bought with my own money was an X-Men started, comic. Yep. It always started with X-Men. You know, Batman was on a close, super close second, oh, um, almost bad. tying with, with Superman. You know, but for me, X-Men out of the gate. And to have to like turn your back on that nostalgia and turn your back on what I would consider some of the greatest greatest written comic books of all time just because I don't know where to start seems absurd. And it's, and why do I have to have a Sherpa guide me through? <laughs> like I have to hire somebody or I have to talk to somebody. Hey, like if I was to start with civil war two, like, well, you probably want to start with secret wars. You don't really want to start with civil war two. You want to go back and read secret war. I mean, dude, just, I get it. Just let me like, can I just, Anyway, well, you know, it would it was a complaint, Ryan, too, that when when we talk about the original uh, Civil War, when that was happening in, quote unquote, real time, uh, that, you know, people who were investing, people who were investing into that series were getting lost in the minutia of what is next. Now, I want to give an example from antiquity, if I could, Ryan. So back in my day, we're going to go travel back with John to 1989. Okay, <laughs> everybody, everybody, here we go. 1989, 16 year old John. Okay. Uh, Marvel uh, every year used to put out a big event and they were called Marvel annuals. Okay. DC did the same thing. Okay. Yep. Um, I sent you a DC uh, Superman annual, I think for your birthday, right? I gave you a Superman yes, annual. Yes, you did. Yep. It's number 11. Yeah. One of the, one of the best. Uh, Superman stories of I all time. Reading, I was rereading it the other day. Actually. It's good, isn't it? A couple days ago. Yeah. It's so good, man. It's so it's good. It's really good. It is, man. It's it's a very heartbreaking uh, story. Uh, Superman annual it's number a good 11. story. Where uh, Superman believes he's on a, an undestroyed Krypton with a family Ugh. and a son. and Heartbreaking. Realizes at the end that it's not real and he has to say goodbye to a son that doesn't exist. And uh, when he comes back to the real world, he's pissed. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, Marvel and DC used to do what was called annuals. Okay, now Marvel was a little bit more, 
rambunctious with their annuals and that they were events that took place across the entire Marvel universe. There's one that always sits in my mind the most um, that really started getting me upset at Marvel. And this was in 1989. Uh, It was called Atlantis Attacks. Okay. Now I'm not going to go into all of it. Wikipedia this. okay? Okay. It was simply called Atlantis Attacks. Readers, Wikipedia this, bookmark it, and then come back to it, okay? I'm, I'm giving you the actual just, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boil this down to just the, the core, Give you it. know, uh, story, okay? Uh, essentially what it was is Atlantis is, is being used as a puppet by these uh, worshipers of Set. They uh, allegedly attack uh, Earth's cities. The Marvel superheroes rally to um, to defend. Uh, So you've got heroes and villains fighting side by side. Uh, Some villains um, side with Atlantis and the Serpent Society, uh, while others don't. Um, I don't really know of any deaths. I don't think there were any deaths that happened in Atlantis attacks. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've read it. My point is this. It was a massive crossover. It was an event. And here are some of the books that John bought because he had to keep up with the story. Okay. All right. Moon Knight. Never read Moon Knight. She-Hulk. Didn't read She-Hulk. Okay. Um, Doctor Strange. We all know my Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there was also, um, what was another one that I was kind of forced into? Um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. It was, because some of these are Avengers and they were all together. Um, oh, Silver Surfer. Thank you. Thanking myself again. Silver Surfer. Didn't read a lot of Silver Surfer either. But this is what Marvel did. Yeah. That you had your standalone Atlantis attacks books. Right. But they were spaced out. So like you would have one that would come out this month. Yeah. And then all the stories intermingling and all the books in the following month. And then the second issue of Atlantis attacks and then everything mingling, 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 the third issue. And if you weren't keeping up with all of that, like Atlantis attacks, number one, Atlantis attacks, number two made no sense. Made no sense. And so my weekly comic book budget is a 16 year old. Okay. Not, not like I had a ton of money. All right. I, right. I yeah. sacked groceries at the local grocery store. Okay. Mo- I, mean, I was mowing lawns at 16. Yeah. So it's not like I was <laughs> rolling in the dough. Okay. I had to bum a ride to the comic book shop just to get there. So my weekly comic book budget, because some of these were coming out weekly. Yeah. Ballooned from like eight dollars, okay. Which back in the day, that was that was eight bucks. It's a bit of cash, dude. Was ballooning to fifteen to twenty for a bunch dude, of car- for a bunch of carp week. for a, yeah, or at least every two weeks. Or yeah, if it's a bi month, more more likely it was bi monthly, but but still, like twenty bucks every two weeks is expensive now. Yeah, and for a bunch of carp, I mean, just for stuff that you that you just needed plot points. for. And I finally gave and in the the comic shop I went to, long gone. Um, they, the name of the store is called Tom's Comics, and he would he would always poke fun at me. He's like, "Oh, you're here for your Atlantis attacks, bull!" Fick, you know, fill in the blank. <laughs> 
he knew what they were doing. And I was like, oh yeah, man, this story, this story. And I finally just gave up on it. And I went in and, you know, I would pick up my standard issues. And if they intermingled with Atlantis attacks, okay. If they didn't, okay. And he finally, he was like, he goes, give up on that. I'm like, yeah. I said, he goes, I said, that's just too, too expensive. I said, yeah. I'm buying like multiple copies of Moon Knight and I don't read Moon Knight. <laughs> I think Moon Knight's stupid. I, I think that character's dumb. I mean, it's like, like the poorest version of Batman you can find with like mystical powers. He's, he's ridiculous. <laughs> sorry. I mean, if you're a Moon Knight fan, I'm sorry. I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I think he's a, I think he's a goof. So I'm, I'm buying these issues. And so, yeah. You know, history always repeats itself. And, and so, you know, again, go look up Atlantis Attacks. You guys will find it. I mean, it's, you know, and if you want to go read it, go find collected volumes of it. You're yeah. not, I mean, it just, uh, yeah. I mean, it was all over the place. So um, you had all of these individual books and these annuals and you had to buy it. Like, for example, you know, I'm buying Thor annual. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So it's exactly what Marvel has gone back to today. It's the event. Now, we don't want to go long on this, guys, because we don't want to exhaust you on it. And, you know, because, and we don't want to sound like just a couple of you know, curmudgeons are just griping, we're griping, we're griping. But you had an opportunity to talk to some uh, comic book fans this week. Um, get, give us their, what was their two cents when you brought up Marvel with them? Oh, this is just echoed the same sentiment. I, uh, it, it was one of those things where I kind of was... I tested the waters a little bit and just kind of asked like, Hey, like what do you guys, or are you guys reading any Marvel? And uh, one guy actually scoffed and was just like, where do you, where do we start? And, uh, I, I, that's the question, right? Because, where do you start with Marvel? Yeah, where, where do we do start? start? Where, yeah. where do we even like dive in? And, you know, I thought maybe it was something with me. Like maybe I'm just being a little unreasonable. Maybe if I sat down for five minutes and did a Google search, I could figure it out and be done with it. Um, but I tell you, it it's beyond just sitting down and doing a, doing a Google search. There's charm in the in finding these books, and there's charm in starting something new. And I think that's what it has been for me as as I've kind of started to expand my own collection now. Um, there's been a charm to it. Uh, it was welcoming. It was approachable. I could I could dive in and and feel comfortable. It was easy to find and easy to catch up with. Um, I'll say it again. I've said it for the, this will be the third episode in a row, but Harbinger Wars catches us up. You know, Civil War doesn't do that at all. You know, you have massive crossover events and and Valiant took the time to make sure that you were okay, that you were going to be all right. Well, you know, in Valiant's defense on that too, they, they don't have the, the big universe as Marvel does. That being said though, did Marvel have to include every individual title in Civil War like they did? Like like we yeah. said, for one or two panels or a page. Yeah. No, they didn't have to. No. But they could. And I could and but they, could, they could, could because they knew the to... they knew the fan base would buy it. They they knew yeah. they would they would invest that, you know, f- you know, four dollars an issue or five dollars an yeah. issue. And at five bucks at five bucks an issue, like that's Man, like you, I don't know, man. Like you're asking a lot of your fans, and uh, eventually, you know, the ones that the the heavy fans, the super fans, you'll never get rid of them. They'll always be with you. 
they'll always buy your books no matter what, right? They, they just, uh, they'll buy the books. They'll, they'll spend the five bucks an issue. They've budgeted their life for that. Um, the guys who are step above that or beyond, I'm sorry, step next to that, who, um, are very interested in Marvel and are Marvel fans. They maybe not like DC as much, but they're Marvel fans. You'll start to lose those people. And then you get all the way over to where I feel like I'm on the spectrum of starting to look at Marvel and look at these series and uh, check out the price tag, check out the, and, and I check out the model and I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I feel like I have to do, I have to, I'm going to have to take off work to catch up <laughs> right. uh, with, uh, you know, with what's going on. And, or do your homework before you start reading and that's, the books. That's not fun. That's, that's the opposite of why we want to read comic books. It's, it's to me, it is maybe not to a lot of people where they just love just that part of it. But man, I tell you my life right now, like I'm where I'm living. Like, I just want to sit down and pop open a book and, and enjoy a story. And I not have to think about how this ties in to five other comic books that I that I yeah. now have to go get or or feel like you're you're you know you're not getting the full spectrum of the story. I'm missing. I'm, I'm going to miss something important now. Yeah, and it, and again, it, yeah, it, I'm it, not into it. And it needs to be stated, guys, where it it's not just a big finger point at Marvel and then ignoring what others have done. Because again, DC has has been just as as guilty. We are just seeing from our perspective and yeah, in terms the of spirit of things right now, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's what's going on and, and how I view things right now the, the, that may change next week. Well, in the perspective of where these, all these companies are right now yeah. is that DC has gotten off the accelerator on, on these massive, just title spanning storylines now they did just wrap up yeah yeah, they did just wrap up justice league versus suicide squad so of course you know there's interspersed there but it wasn't sweeping across into every single title in the dc universe to where you've got to go pick up you know captain adam yeah captain adam number three right or you have to introduce a batman number zero uh, to talk about these events. And so right. while we applaud DC, while we applaud Valiant, especially Valiant, for giving us in all of their collected books a chronology, very easy to follow. And we're not saying that you cannot have massive crossovers. Right. When that is all that you do, because like right now, I mean, dude, Marvel, it's been one right after the other. It was Civil War two, then Secret Wars. Now we're in clone conspiracy. And so it's boom, boom, boom. It's like, whoa, right? I mean, what's what's next? Yeah. What's yeah. next? Right. And so it, it it makes it very hard. And, you know, and I've been away from Marvel comic book wise. Now, you and I are very much obviously invested in the MCU on film and TV. We love oh, what they're doing. Yeah. Love it. And we are big fans of it. Even when yeah. we're disappointed with, like, say, Luke Cage, we didn't hate it. We were just disappointed. We felt it could have been better. But we don't say I watched oh, every episode. <laughs> same here, right? We just felt it could have been better, but we still there was a, there was a lot to glean from that. Where you're like, you know, there was there was some gems in there. It wasn't all rough, but yeah. when it comes to their print, Ryan, I want to be back in the Marvel universe. 
I'd love to be. I'd love I, to read more about Phoenix. I, that's one of my favorite characters. Aside from Wolverine, the Phoenix is my... I, I love the Phoenix. So what I'm going to... And, and so but, and, and I don't want to just keep going on on this. Uh, what I would love to ask is for all of our listeners, we need your help. Okay? Uh, we feel like we know our way around comics, but we've been away from Marvel for a while. I've been heavily invested into DC and Image. Yeah. Ryan is getting heavily invested back into Valiant. I'm back into Valiant. But where I've been over the last several years have been in the DC and the image world. Yeah. Uh, but still a fan of Marvel, not a hater of Marvel. Let's let everyone know again. We love Marvel. We Happy, just yeah. we just don't love what they're doing right now. Help and I us. Think, but I think Go that's ahead. the part of it. I think that's part of it, dude. Like it's you don't get hurt by things you don't care about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't get hurt by things you don't care about. So there's obviously there's a lot of care here of why we spent the last 45 minutes really just kind of ranting and just airing our grievances um, because we want to be involved. We feel left out. We feel a little excluded. Um, I want to be back with Marvel. I'd love to go on dinner, go out to dinner with Marvel again. <laughs> take her out. Like, take her to a nice <laughs> din- nice seafood dinner. You know, in a movie <laughs> afterwards, right? Yeah. Take, I, take her to know, go see Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And it's and it's so disheartening when I look at some of these books and and I'm confused by where to start and then the price tag. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just not right now. And it keeps doing that. I keep doing the not right now conversation with Marvel and that sucks. And I want to stop doing that. And so if there's anybody that can help me understand a little yes, bit more. Yes, and, and that's, where, that's where reasonable fanboys, we want our listeners help. And we mean this sincerely. On our Twitter page, our Facebook page, our face-to-face page, our email page. <laughs> tell us where you believe we can dive into current Marvel. Okay? Yeah. Current where Marvel. Where can we get started? Great place to get started. Now, um, we know where to start with, you know, old school Marvel. That's that's not a big deal. But where is a good place to start? And Ryan, we may find out that a number of our listeners may be sitting in the same camp that we are. And they're saying, we love Marvel. But man, when it comes to their books, that is there's a lot of weeds and just cutting your way through that thick jungle. Yeah, it is tough. So we're asking for your help. Uh, We don't want to just keep going off on this, um, but help us out. You know, give us an idea of where to go. We're not going to ignore you. Yeah, we we really want to know because I sometimes feel that outside of the, uh, you know, MCU TV and film that we always don't give Marvel a lot of love because we talk a lot about DC books and image books and Valiant books. Talked yeah. a little bit of Dark Horse here with Hellboy today. Uh, and I feel like we sometimes we're, we're not given the love to Marvel. But the challenge is we don't feel like we've been getting a lot of love from Marvel. Yeah. Right. Hey, uh, before we wrap it up, Ryan, um, I just want to throw out to everybody that going forward from now on on this show, um, I will be referring to uh, Academy <laughs> Award winning Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. good. I'll tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Internet devour itself from the outside in. I mean, just... <laughs> You unreasonableness. I love it. You made me laugh so much. Watching the Oscars, Suicide Squad wins an Oscar award. 
I felt it was deserved for best makeup. A lot, yeah. lot, lot of good makeup. Uh, it was up against Star Trek Beyond. Great makeup in that movie as well, too. Yeah. Great Star Trek film, too, by the way. Very underrated. I'm, I'm surprised it didn't do as well uh, as they thought. But I, I, enjoy, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I enjoyed Star Trek Beyond. I watched it. I petered out on it. Did you? It was a meh film for me. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I can accept that. I mean, it was, uh, just, it was just, I mean, it was a Star Trek film and I felt like it well, carried forward what it needed to do. But Star Trek is essentially I, Star Wars now. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think yeah, the, the core yeah, philosophy they, they, of Star Trek is J.J. Abrams made sure to, I think I said, man, before Force Awakens. Turn Aw- up the guns. <laughs> I would say before The Force Awakens came out, the best new Star Wars movies were uh, the two uh, rebooted Star Trek films. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed Star Trek Beyond. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, okay. I know a lot of people. It pure- had great makeup, though. Great makeup. Oh, though. dude, it had, like, a, it had right. astounding yeah. makeup. So yeah, so Suicide Squad wins the Academy Award for Best Makeup. And holy cow, watching the internet just destroy themselves over that was such a beautiful thing to see because they're like, oh, fun with that. yeah, I know. Right. So, um, we're not <laughs> going to get into a whole nother suicide squad thing, but I will refer to it from now on as Academy award winning suicide squad. Just to, <laughs> just to ruffle feathers out there. <laughs> Cause as much as some of you hated it, they got an Oscar award sitting right there next to it. So yeah, they do. Hey man, there you go. Academy award winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of, uh, not to completely switch gears, but as we kind of wrap up our, our show here, um, I started to, I speaking of Marvel, I uh, picked up a Marvel book um, yesterday uh, digitally. I can't say I picked up the book, but I picked it up digitally. Um, the Vision. And this is a story written by Tom King. Now, this lives outside of, con- uh, I wouldn't say continuity, but it lives outside of um, all of the things that are happening. Like, with, like the weekly weekly titles. Yeah, the weekly titles, stuff. Yeah. And this like, was like back it could in still 2016. Be, could still be quant- uh, quantinuity. Could still be referred to <laughs> somewhere down the line, but it wasn't a weekly storyline right it yeah. wasn't it wasn't it wasn't involved it necessarily involved with everything else that was going on uh but it was it's called the vision and tom king uh who wrote this book is actually um he wrote he wrote some uh some previous uh, titles uh called a once crowded sky um and he's worked with uh he worked with chris claremont on x-men you know the title that we were talking about earlier um he actually took over for scott snyder in march uh, 2016 for Batman uh, for a while. Uh, so so Tom King is, has been involved has been involved in quite a bit of comic book writing, um, and he's actually an ex uh, CIA counter uh, counterterrorism officer as well. Um, when September 11th happened, he put down the pen and uh, picked up another one for the CIA and worked with them for some time uh, before getting back to comic books. After a while, uh, but he wrote this uh, this vision series, volume one and volume two. Um, a very a very uh, it's one of those things like when I picked up Chew, uh, I was very shocked at how captivated I was with the storyline. And I tell you, this one echoes some of the same sentiments. Um, you pick it up and uh, give you the guys the premise. Vision uh, has a family in the suburbs, um, and two kids go to school. His uh, his wife uh, stays at home and he goes to work for the Avengers uh, during the day 
And uh, they even call each other while he's out fighting bad guys. And she's like, hey, I need you to come home for, I need you to bring this home for dinner. Um, or I need you to, when you come home tonight, we need to talk about our son. Uh, and things like that. It sounds very odd, um, much like Chu does. But it sounds very odd. But I tell you, it, it is almost a horror book. Uh, as we're start, as I'm starting to step through this, it is uh, frightening and gruesome, and and uh, because of how Vision operates, and if you guys know anything about Vision, he doesn't operate on the same emotional plane as everyone else because he's half robot, um, or most robot, <laughs> mostly robot, um, and uh, created by Ultron. And I think it's uh, as how they process emotions and how they should be, how they should act with their neighbors. Uh, for instance, they had there's a the whole beginning sequence of panels goes over uh, the phrase they seemed nice and how that is interpreted with human communication, um, <laughs> and uh, because yeah, new neighbors dropped off some cookies, yeah. and I tell you it, as you start to kind of I hate to say psyche right because it's not really a psyche there, uh, but the processes of how they process emotions and how they process uh, social. Uh, interactions, uh, men blending that with high school emotions with their kids, um, and people then breaking into their house to try and uh, destroy the family um, is another piece of that. And I tell you, uh, I have uh, the last comic book that captured me like this was Chew, um, and so I am all in on finishing. I think there's just two volumes. It's just volume one and volume two of, of Vision. Um, uh, eight, I think it's gotta be more than eight, but it's just volume one and volume two. And, uh, man, I am, I am thrilled to read this, to read, to finish this story. I think it is, I think it started fantastic. Well, there you go, man. Marvel gave you something right there, dude. And that was, uh, Oh, 10 bucks, by the way, volume one was ding, $10. Ding, 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 ding. And I think I'm, I just hit the number six issue inside of that volume too. So that's not leaving like four issues in, it's like six issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so Priced very well for volume one. Priced very tastily. Nice, dude. I think that's a good thing to end on, man. A little we we gave we gave Marvel the business, but then we end with with a little okay. with a little hug we, for we our still friends. Love you. Oh, See, absolutely. I told you we still love you. We still love and you. I want to read. I want to read Marvel. You know it, baby. I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo your statement again. Like if you know or if you are reading currently the current Marvel setup and know kind of where to throw us a, throw us a bone here and just say hey um, hey pick pick these up. This is going to be a great place to start in the current Marvel run. I would love to read. Um, I would love to read some current stuff. I really would from Marvel. Absolutely, man. I really would. Absolutely. All right, dude. I think that's a good place to, uh, to call it a day. Yeah, man. That sounds pretty good. All right. All right. Well, I am John. I am Ryan, and this has been Reasonable Fanboys. Hope you guys have a great one. <laughs> <laughs>